0: Welcome to the Open to Truth podcast. My name's Clinton. Hey, I'm Tony. Welcome back. Today, we will discuss the 11 lies about God. <laughs> the 11 lies. Just a- yeah. it's a handful of lies. Yeah. So, I've just been reading this book by William
1: Paul Young, who is uh, the author of The Shack which was a book that came out I don't know maybe a decade ago and 2007 is that when it was 20- 2007 and it it went gangbusters um, definitely caused some ripples that's probably a New York Times bestseller I mean it sold millions of copies sure. um, and yeah caused some stirs in Christian circles because it's a novel that is supposed to be like allegorical and draws some theological conclusions throughout it and um, I don't know some Christians didn't like those conclusions I suppose. Uh, but either way, he's, he's written this other book called Lies We Believe About God. which They
0: hated the shack.
1: Yeah. Boy, did, did that thing get it lampooned. Really, it did. And what's so interesting, he talks about in the, in this book, Lies We Believe About God, he wrote that for his kids. He never intended it to like be a huge, big novel. He wrote it on legal pads. Don't pull that face. I, I assume <laughs> he's telling the truth. All right, fine. His, his wife had asked him, hey, could you just write down everything you believe in one spot so that our kids can read it? And it turned into this big book. And then he was like, well maybe I will send it to some publishers. And next thing you know, millions of copies sold and he's getting crucified. So yeah, kind of wild how that can happen. But he's written this other book, Lies We Believe About God. And um, yeah, I think it has all the potential in the world to cause just as much of a ripple to people who read it and don't want to have
0: their minds changed about things. Is it like an accessible read or like easy to read? Yeah, it's super accessible.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, it just depends how easily you get triggered, I guess. Oh. In, the whole, in the whole preface, he... He sets up the book saying that dialogue, He that's right up our alley in terms of dialogue is actually really important. Mm. Part of growth is leaving old ideas behind and you need to be able to engage in this stuff without getting triggered. Um, not everybody will do that. Some people will read a chapter title, um, spew, and then throw the book in the bin. So... That's what some people will do. But I did I did read the whole thing. I think it's awesome. I think it's great. I don't know that I'm on board with everything in there, but a lot of it's a lot of so it's pretty interesting. Some of
0: the purported lies you don't think are
1: necessarily or, or falsehoods. If, or if <clears throat> if they are falsehoods, the way he answers them it might not be the way I answer them. I see. Maybe it's that. Yeah, so I thought it could be fun, because I just read this last week, so I thought it could be fun to pick a handful of these lies. I think there's actually 27 chapters. I have not read it.
0: No, you so have not. I just, uh, you know, in the past 20 minutes looked over the list yep. and picked 11 of them that I thought would be interesting to talk about. Yep. So I don't really have a... You're going to be getting him raw today.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're going to just see what comes off the dome. Okay. Um, I hope I can do... Paul, if he ever listens to this, I hope I can do him and his ideas justice. I'm yeah. not trying to caricature any of what he's saying. You'll but, be
0: functioning as Paul's representative here. Yeah, yeah,
1: I will try to put forth what he talks about in these chapters. But I've only read it once, so I could get stuff wrong. But I thought some of these lies would be interesting. So the idea is that um, in Christendom, in or yeah, in Christianity, in churches, there are things being said from the pulpit, ways that Scripture is being interpreted, um, that uh, result in these statements you've probably heard a lot of times, or if you haven't heard them this explicitly, you've heard statements that allude to this, this mm-hmm. mode of thinking. And Paul's saying, actually, that's the total wrong way to think about this stuff. Wow. Yeah. Lies.
0: Okay. Lie number one. So can let's we, jump can we start? in. Yeah. Let's jump in. This is And this is the first one in the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. God loves us, but doesn't like us. Now, just to be clear, this is a conjunction. There's two claims being made. Yep. And for something to be false, a con- for a conjunction to be false, just one part needs to be false. Right. So I don't think he's denying that God loves us. Yeah. It's the second part that he doesn't like us. That God doesn't like us. Yeah,
1: I think that's what he's saying <clears throat> the lie is. And so in this chapter, he's talking about the idea that a lot of Christians, and I think I think I did for a long time, kind of have this view of God as he He loves us in that he acts in our best interests, because he kind of has to, because he is love. But he's not really fond of us. Mm. He doesn't enjoy us. He kind of tolerates us as persistently failing and rebellious people. But there's not like a warmth, a warm affection towards us. It's a little more of a cold Mm. uh, decision of the will type love. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Well, I don't know if this is um, kosher to bring up, but... Um, and some of uh, the jobs I've had or even on staff, we kind of wonder like, um, if someone would be a good fit, like, would you be able to go have a beer with them? Yeah. That kind of relatability. Right. We look for that kind of. Would the Lord want to go have a beer with me? Does He like me enough? Do you want to hang out with me? Am I a cool enough guy?
1: Or is it just like (laughs) He'll set aside a trust fund for you? He's going to support you. Oh, interesting. You know, do what's in your best interest from a distance, Mm -hmm. but He'd rather not get too close to you. (laughs) You know. Yeah. So Paul saying that's a lie. What's your What's your take on that? Truth, lie. Does God like us?
0: I don't know. I mean, does He like all of us? So, I have a hard time saying yes, okay. only because... And I I want to be careful about anthropomorphizing God, mm-hmm. but I don't like everybody. <laughs> now, I think yeah, I am... But you're ca- a jerk sometimes, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the measure. I'm called to love everyone. <laughs> yeah. And that is... So, just... Right. You think that's different from like... Like and love are different? I think so. Okay. Well, just it depends...
1: Uh, yeah, it depends what we mean by love, but I think in this sense, we mean agape. Yeah. Just acting in the other's best interests, yeah. which doesn't, I don't think, have to have any kind of affection affection or emotional warmth. It's a
0: different category. Too. Yeah. So for better or worse, you know, I fail to love sometimes, but i that's my goal is to try to love everyone. Yeah. It is not one of my conscious goals to try to like everyone. I find that to be almost, Yeah. I can't muster that up like I can the love part. It
1: seems to be, it arises spontaneously. Right. Is that true? Your affection for
0: another—it does, yeah. It's just—it's something that occurs. I can—I can know within the first ten to twelve seconds
1: <laughs> if the, he likes you. The ceiling. So if you ever meet—if you, you ever meet Clint, <laughs> just understand that within the first ten to twelve seconds, either affection has arisen or it hasn't, <laughs> and it's beyond his control and he can't muster it. Oh man, that's fantastic.
0: Well, what about this? Do so you, I just I, have a hard time considering, like, if he—if God is also a person, yeah, then does he have that same i don't know kind of it just arises stance. for some people but yeah. not others
1: well let me let me throw a couple of other things in here have you ever had a situation where there was somebody who you didn't really like don't get along with them you butt heads but then you learn something about their story and suddenly you understand a little more of why they are the way they are yeah and your feelings towards them change or at least they have for me. I've had that experience where there's been people that have been like, I just can't stand that person. They just rub me the wrong way. Yeah. then at some point you find out, Oh, X, Y, Z happened to them. And it's like, Oh, now that I have a little more context as to why they are the way they are, I can actually have some compassion for them Mm -hmm. and I can tolerate them more easily.
0: Totally. I'll also just to to point out something about myself. Okay. Is that as I've become older, Mm -hmm. I feel like I've, I like more people than I used to. Totally, yeah, that's true for me as well. Um, just my horizons have broadened on who I mm-hmm. could count as a friend. Yeah. Whereas when I'm a teenager, it's really selective. You had to like this and this thing, and that's what was the tie yeah. that bound us together. But um, so so maybe maybe God, I, God is to the point where it's I th- totally inclusive on the liking. I think th- I think. We can be clear that he might
1: not like our actions all equally. Mm -hmm. There's some actions he prefers, you know. Um, But as far as liking the person, he... When you think about, you know, getting context and background information for a person, he's intimately acquainted Mm -hmm. with every creature that he has made. He knows everything there is to know about your inner workings and why you are the way you are. So it's not unreasonable to me to think that he also finds you precious and is fond of this particular one.
0: I like that, the affection and the fond piece. Mm. It's really... Interesting. All right. That's line number one. Interesting. <clears throat> and for all these, a lot more we could say. Totally. But just to We're going to try to keep it moving because each one of
1: these could be a podcast on its own.
0: Line number two, God is good. I am not. So again, conjunction. <laughs> yeah. I think he's still going to affirm God is good. But he's having trouble with this second part that sometimes we say we are not good. People yep. are not good.
1: There is no one good. No, not one. Have you heard that I have yeah <laughs> read it somewhere, yeah
0: uh what what's your gut on this i <clears throat> that's I mean, I don't know, so I would say uh like at my deepest reality, like what I fundamentally am mm. is good, that so just from previous episodes, you know i'm I'm a soul. Or I'm a locus of consciousness or agency, yeah. and that is the image of God that that I'm created with. Yeah. Um, so that part of me is good. I do a lot of bad things with that agency. I make the wrong choices, mm-hmm. but I am a fundamentally good thing, also. Okay. So I would agree with Paul here. That so that, that,
1: but that does fly in the face of like total depravity or original sin.
0: Y- oh, I think so. Yeah. Right. Wretched radio. Wretched radio. Let's not. <laughs> okay. Let's not engage with that. Right too triggering. Now. It triggers me pretty hard. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So um, sometimes this might be called original blessing mm. as opposition to original sin that when God created us, we, he created us good and called us good. And the claim of original sin is since the fall, uh, depravity has permeated every part of the human being. There is no part untainted by the stain of sin and sinfulness. That what you are at your core is depraved, mm. um, and I just it just doesn't seem true of my experience. When I look inward, when I reflect and engage in some introspection, like you, I, I see a lot of. I do see things I could do differently and do better. Mistakes I make, ways I make a mess of things, ways I hurt people, but I also see this other part of me that is incredibly godlike. That really does want the best for the other person. That wants to live at peace with others as best that I can, um, and to to live charitably, and that I think bears the image of God. So at my core, yeah, I do think there is a a deep well of goodness that Mm. resides in me. Wow. And I am attempting to shed the outer layers and become more like who God really says I am, which is his child and image bearer. So maybe that makes me a heretic, but that's what I see when I look in. I agree. And I reckon
0: you will too if you look in hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> all right, lie number three. All right, God is in control. God is in control. Oh of boy, what? of everything. Yeah, I think that's. God is in control of it. Well, okay. An implied all
1: statement there. This is—is is this a denial of free will? God wait, is in control.
0: Wait, 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 wait. Just to be clear, he's saying that's a lie. He's
1: said, right, right. He's saying that's a lie. So, so
0: I, presumably, then the negation. It is not the case that right. God is God in is cont- not in control yeah. or is God in control of some things but not all things um so I think clearly I mean for me for God to be morally good needs to be have quite a bit of control okay um at least over his own actions or or even just like if we could <clears throat> sort of sidestep the free will discussion for now, mm-hmm um if at one point he created human beings to have the capacity for free will, that creative act was some kind of control. Right. He made that decision in the distant past and the effects of that are playing out, even though like it may be genuinely open for me to choose different paths mm-hmm. that I, that I have that option is under the purview of sovereignty or control. Right. Right. It's because he's allowed it. Yeah. Exactly. And I don't know if this is too separate of an issue, but
1: would you also say that free will like that is irrevocable?
0: Um, I don't know what that would look like for it to be revocable. Right. Okay. Um, So I don't know. Okay. But so I, So I'd probably push back on Paul here. Um, or just, you know, I'd have to read the chapter and see exactly what meant by control. But I think you're starting to get into some just conceptual problematic territory by conceiving of God in a way where it doesn't have control over things Uh, and thus can't ensure that things work together for the good. Yeah. Yep. All right. Line number four. Okay. God is a Christian. Oh goodness. (laughs) That's a fun one. So he's, this is a lie that we've been saying. That's a lie. A lot of people think God is a Christian and he's saying that's a lie. What does he mean by that? God's not a Christian. What would it mean for God to be a Christian? Yeah, good. I probably need to reread the I, chapter. I always say, like, when I think hear the word Christian, I think a Jesus follower. Yeah. Uh, well, I think it depends what you. So it's a weird. For me, it's like already a little bit of a category mistake almost.
1: Yeah. Right. If he is Jesus, right, he's not also a Jesus follower. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is he like Christ? Well, yes, he is
0: Christ. No, I think this is supposed to be a little bit charged right to support like oh is god also a muslim and a buddhist and a hindu right uh i think i think the point he's trying to make is depending on how you define
1: christian as believes these certain set of propositions hmm. um has prayed this particular prayer to be in a certain club kind of thing i think the claim that paul's making here is god 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 is the team captain of the tribe Christian. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think Paul is saying, no, no, no. God is no respecter of those boxes that we make. Mm. He transcends those categories that we put on. Like, if you use Christian as a label, he transcends it. But he, I think he even makes clear in the chapter, if by Christian you mean somebody who has the heart of Christ and follows Christ, then... Then sure, this mm. Christ represents God's yeah. God's qualities and God's heart to us. Um, but I think I think the point of that chapter is to try to expand our view beyond just there being one little particular club called Christian that has the monopoly on knowing mm. God or knowing anything true about God, and that everybody else is considered out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Moving right along. Try to keep it Wait, a little so bit. So, do snappy. you think God's a Christian? Oh, well, I think you. Carved it up well. I mean, it depends what, what you mean. Okay. I think no. Initially, I was saying no, but right. if you mean in that more robust sense, mm. then sure. Okay. Line right. number five. God wants to use me. We say this all the time. I've prayed. I've prayed, I've that prayed way. this a ton. I think I've preached sermons on this. Mm. Big illustration I gave. Use me, you, Lord. I'm an empty cup. Fill me up, so I may pour it out on others. I'm. I'm just a vessel. You are the tool. God wants to use, use me use. as an instrument for to your build righteousness his kingdom.
1: Yeah, we say this a lot. So I think
0: I think this is, and I even thought this as I was... There's a whole rap song from, I think, 116 Click or... Oh, really? Tadashi or something. Use me, Lord. And that's like, they say that over <laughs> and over. That's the book? Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, as I was you know reading this chapter, I was thinking, I think it's a little bit of semantics that he's getting into here, but the, the point Paul is trying to make in saying that this is a lie, that God wants to use you, is in the same way that a... An artist doesn't have a relationship with his paintbrush; it's just an inan- inanimate object that is used by the artist. Um, that the, the analogy breaks down because God does have a relationship with us, desires relationship with us, and ultimately wants to partner with us as co-creators, um, co-laborers in building His kingdom. So it's not as though it's not as though you are of no value to God or you can't participate in the things of God, or he has no desire for you to participate.
0: A in mere means to the end of creating yeah. more good over evil. Right. He's not using you as a means. You are an end of yourself, and right.
1: he places tremendous value on you. And he doesn't just want to use you. In the same way that we don't want to be used by people, right? Yeah, We don't want to be just used by God. I want to partner with him and participate with him. In in the building of his kingdom, so I think that's the point he's trying to make, and I'm on board with that. I need to be a little more careful about my my language when I'm in front of people talking about this.
0: Totally. How would you say it then?
1: Partner, I'd use that. That's a, that's God a, wants to partner with you. God wa- or wants you to partner with Him. Wants you to join Him in what He's doing. Yeah. But that's different than God just wants you for what you can offer Him.
0: That's neat. <laughs> slick. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, this one I get a little bit triggered from this one. I have to be honest. I'm gonna try to rein him in here. Lie number six: God is more He than She. Oh, I thought we were doing seven. Okay, you get triggered by this one. God is yeah, more yeah. He than She, and that- I don't have I I don't have very good arguments here. All right, but you just don't like the feel of it. Boy, is that like just grounded into me for decades? Really? Not like that's so interesting. I, that's not like every t- night before bed, like just remember He. God, yeah. <laughs> but boy, just the tr- the tradition of it. Mm. Um, Our Father who art in that's heaven. That's how it is in Scripture. Yeah. So
1: there's Jesus that. was a man.
0: Jesus was a man. He prayed to his um, Father in heaven. Yeah. yeah. It's it's uh, really littered with that kind of language. Yeah. So I mean, I'm you know I grew up reading a lot of Bible and studying it, and that's just that's how you've conceived of God, mm, and that's how I communicate as male. with Him. I've said. Right. I've said the he pronoun probably a dozen of times, dozens of times in this conversation alone. Totally.
1: Anytime I'm talking about God, I basically refer to him as Mm -hmm. a he. And I think that's just learned. I've just picked that up. Yeah. But when I start to really think about this
0: in my, now in my professional writing, like my philosophy writing, I do not. Don't you? Nope. What do you say? I don't even use a pronoun. You just say God yeah, all it, the time. It God. gets a little bit rough. It, it, sounds, it lowers the readability. Yeah, it'd be hard to read that. But for the sake of correctness. Wow. Okay, so you do think on some level... I've that, said God's self before.
1: Wow. Yeah. So do you Instead think on itself. some level then that God is without gender? Oh, man. Like why Why in your academic writing do you say God and not he? Uh, out of... You just said for correctness. So what do you think is correct?
0: Well, I mean, my motivations are, you know, might not map on to reality. Okay. And, you know, Yeah. part of it is that's just how it's done. And I don't want to be the weird guy that's using the archaic okay. key, okay. you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I don't have a good argument for thinking that, like, if, if God is a soul, he's mm. got a soul, a spirit. A mind. A mind. Same thing Yeah. for me. Yeah. Um. That I don't know how that's a gendered thing. Yeah. So let me throw this is at you gender, as gender. Well. So uh, or is the gender is fundamentally an embodied feature or sex? No matter. Sorry, which, I've, I've probably confused yeah, sex. And no matter gender. which way we go here,
1: somebody's <laughs> going to get triggered when they listen to this. So just sorry, but in the spirit of being open to truth, I will. Say, here's what I think. Here's how I've come to think about this. So, I do think that sex, maleness or femaleness, is something that has to do with the body that you have. Um, That's just what we mean by those words. We're referring to reproductive organs and hormone combinations when we say that.
0: I feel like our answer is going to make everybody upset.
1: Yeah, it probably will.
0: (laughs) But because of that,
1: I'm inclined to think that minds, souls, don't have... They are neither male nor female. If I was unembodied... So you are not a male. Oh, man. Well, wow. You- I, in- I am in a male... I have a male body. Okay. But I don't think that I am... If you... If
0: Tony is identical... Like, a am ma- at one uh, equals, you know, two divided by one. Yeah. Tony... E- or, no, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Buddy. One plus one equals two. Yes. Tony <laughs> equals a soul. Yeah. Then you are not a male. Your soul isn't genderless. I do think
1: I am genderless in the sense of my mind. But I have a male body and male hormones and so I am a man. But it just doesn't I just don't even know how you would what would it mean for a soul to be male or female. I don't know. And then the other piece of this in terms of like what is God, in terms of his gender both feminine aspects of if we say that he created everything that there is then all things feminine originated in God, just like all things masculine originated in God. Seems to me that both would be found equally as expressions of who he is and what he's like. You don't want to say that men are slightly more like God than women, do you?
0: No. No. I think that sometimes is a a feel that you get, though. Yeah, I do too,
1: and I don't... I, I do want to say that's a lie. Yeah. I think we are both equally expressions. Of I just those.
0: struggle with, um. and now even more people are going to be upset, but just, <laughs> <laughs> um, even masculinity and feminine, femininity, I don't know if those are like objective features of the world, like that God instituted. I'm just not, I don't have a lot of clarity on that. Oh, really? Well, okay. So, wow. Part of me wants to say, like, at least some of that stuff, at least in American culture, is just that, like, culturally conditioned. Okay. So all of the properties that would go into American masculinity might not be the same for, you know, overseas somewhere, like in a weird little tribe. Like what falls into that category of yeah, like, being masculine. Yeah. It's really masculine sure. if when you're twelve you go out and cut off the head of a tiger and bring it back to the village. Right. Oh. Well that's not part of our thing. Yeah. It might be there might be some overlap in like uh a provider or like a warrior mentality or something like that. I don't yeah. know. But I guess that's I might depart there a little bit.
1: Okay. The other piece on this, I know <clears throat> you mentioned the Bible is using he language a lot. But there's there's plenty of metaphors throughout scripture that attribute traditionally feminine characteristics to God as well. Like there's scriptures that talk about him having a womb. Mm. I just used him, but you know, I, like I, it's yeah. so ingrained as a Bam! Oh jeez, <laughs> Having a womb or nursing chicks under his wing, like a mother hen type of thing. So <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> is that that's in there okay
1: that is in there that is in there it's in job and in the psalms um
0: but i i'll admit that's all like the poetic th- stuff but when we're really talking about <laughs> but when we're
1: trying to talk about <laughs> metaphysics uh but i will say like yeah i mean i get that there's some emotional hesitation towards like i, I mentioned have earlier have such a hard
0: time reading a translation where they put in she uh, the whole wouldn't
1: th- you have a hard time oh a goddess that's so pagan
0: I don't know. I
1: think it all—that's that all, just some all more comprehend. problems with me, though. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Well, and the other piece—is this... there
0: anything? But why? Why is that so bad? Like that—that that I have that picking male. Yeah, can't I just relate to God as male? You, um, or what? Well, you can. You can. Is do that what, so bad? You can do what you want. And then if someone feels like they need to refer to God as she, and that's the language that helps them understand, isn't that Paul's whole thing? This guy. That wrote this book. What do you mean? Why is that his whole thing? Like, isn't the shack like the Father God is portrayed as like this black big black woman? Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: unless there's something to having an accurate picture that is the ideal way to relate to God as neither male nor female. Mm. Beyond he transcends that duality, non dual.
0: Well, you seem to be pretty sure about that.
1: I well, but you still use. I hope I'm not arrogantly sure, but it is what <laughs> I think. So you can change <laughs> but, my mind. But, but, you still, I but
0: I'm saying you still use the... Yeah, I do. ...pronoun. Okay. Part of that is
1: because it's like when I came to America and I, I was using all my Aussie dialect. Mm. You know, i talk about putting stuff in the boot or whatever. And every time I would use it, people would be like, boot? Do you mean the trunk? Yeah. And it's like, I just don't <laughs> want to have this discussion every time I refer to the boot. Can you just put it in there? So at some point, I just stopped using Aussie dialect. It's probably the same thing in church. Like, okay. if I... If I started saying she instead of he all the time, oh, would oh, be no end to the conversations <laughs> I would have about that. I'd never make any progress. Yeah. So that's probably why I do it. Okay. And just out of habit, but
0: so I think that that does it for that. That does one. it for
1: that. We I, I'm sure we offended everybody there.
0: <laughs> but I uh, oh, That's man. what I think. So you okay. can change my mind if you yeah. want to. Couple of boneheads. By all means. All right. Line number 7 god blesses our politics Mm. well is that a lie well yeah i think so okay Um, but for me maybe not in the sense that he (laughs) wants me to think he doesn't bless other people's (laughs) politics but he does bless mine Well, because our politic our our politics is not a monolith right you know there are different political views yeah so depending on who the r is And they're contradictory views, in my opinion. You can't bless both. Or at least some some facets of the policy. You can do this at this time, or you cannot do this at this time. Right. Oh. So they're contradictory, and I don't think God can bless both. Now, maybe he's saying he doesn't bless either of them, and God's completely divorced from politics. That I would also disagree with.
1: i yeah, I don't think that's what he's saying. Okay. As
0: I recall the chapter, I don't think he's saying God is uninterested in
1: politics. I think he's he's making a comment about um, God's name being used to justify um, politics that would actually be abhorrent to God, you know. But uh,
0: uh, like, what is there an example? No, I can't think of
1: one. Okay, but to say God's on our side, so but, it should. I be- mean, my
0: just real quick, my stance on this Do is it. uh, it's part of a uh, like. If politics is just how we order ourselves with each other, how we set up society, the different rules and institutions we have, then presumably there's a better or worse way to have them. And God would rather us do the better one. Yeah. So he cares about it. And so he would bless the good ones. Yeah. The good politics. It seems, it seems very true
1: to me that that's the case. Like... Like, Jesus' whole message was undermining a particular kind of politic, mm. a particular kind of empire that abused people and was inequitable, and um, I, think it, I think politics is profoundly wrapped up in how you think about God. Yeah. It needs to inform your politics.
0: Cool. Okay. Sorry, sorry, Paul Young. We're, we're, you're off your rocker there. <laughs> <laughs> the cross was God's idea. Lie 8. The cross was God's idea. Superlapsarianism,
1: right yeah that god ordered ordained the fall so that he could have the cross was that is that it or is that super one of those yeah. yeah. it's a big For long you. ism that is that idea that god wanted to the, do the cross so bad that he ordained the fall just so he could enact a rescue mission right. interesting
0: yeah i'm you want to take that one <laughs>
1: sure i'll take this one um yeah, I mean, I've I've heard it so many times that God, ultimately God killed Jesus. And I just don't think that's, hmm. I just don't think it's true. I think that we as humans are the ones who invent crazy ways to torture people. Like crucifixion was supposed to be the one of the most painful ways to keep somebody alive for as long as possible in as much pain as possible without them dying. And what about the Garden of Gethsemane? Yes. Okay. Okay, and, where are you going? With and this?
0: Jesus' Jesus's prayer, "Not my will, but Your will be done." Yeah. So it was God's will for it to happen.
1: It was God's will for Jesus to willingly lay down his life and let himself be abused at the hands of a murderous, mm-hmm. politic, and religion. Ah. Uh, that that is the will. It's okay. not God's will that anyone
0: should be crucified.
1: Yeah. I think it's a tragedy. It's not
0: that- a. It's not a gambit. Right, uh, right.
1: A pre-planned gambit. I don't think so. I think, yeah. it's a, I think God's heart is that no man anywhere would ever be crucified. It's a, it's a travesty that crucifixion was ever mm-hmm. a thing. But the beauty of the cross is that God, uh, God bears in Jesus the full brunt of the ugliness of sin, and he just takes it with open arms and extends forgiveness in the moment of it as like the loudest declaration of God's unconditional love towards humanity that i think we've ever seen but i think if you attribute the cross itself as an invention that god came up with to and this was part of the plan from the beginning of of the foundation of the earth then you make him out to be a bit of a monster Mm. Um, i think this this originated in the minds of depraved men wicked men but god bore it and loved us through it
0: it's crazy crazy love that's my opinion wow lie number nine not everyone is a child of God. So the negation is everyone,
1: everyone is, a, is child a child of, of God.
0: God. A child of God. I mean, that's kind of depends what you mean by that. It's a bit of a poetic statement yeah. because I am not his uh, descendant, right? Or his mm-hmm. I don't know. offspring. Offspring. Did he beget you? Yeah. <laughs> In the same way he begot the son. I don't think so. Begotten, man. not made. And so, well, yeah, and Scripture talks about like we're adopted into God's family. Yeah.
1: Well, right. yes, we've received the spirit of adoption mm-hmm. to sonship through Jesus. That we've become heirs because of what so Jesus So is that, has done. that we? I just think it de- it depends how you use this. Like in the okay. sense that, in the sense that I think we are all image bearers. Um, I do think that we are all God's children. I do think that.
0: A child of man. You're just a oh, I'm also that. Okay. I am but both. Those are both the same But I think sometimes
1: sect. I think think sometimes this is used to mean like saved and unsaved. Mm. Who's in the club and who's not who's not in the family. Yeah.
0: yeah. All right. So And so every well wait. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody is in? Are you asking me? <laughs> it seems well <clears throat> I don't I think it is used that way. I don't think we have to think of child of God as a salvific term. No, I, don't, it's a, I generally don't think of it that way. It's a, what is it? It's a posture or stance that God has toward us as not other. You belong. Yes. You're in the family. I don't think we need to say salvation terms. Right. Now, some people will say like any t- term of family or relationship. Uh, means that you are no longer on the outside. Yeah. Right. And and for some people that does mean salvation terms, but yeah. I don't think it needs to. But anyway, <laughs> there you have it. I mean, So
1: we can edit this. I just don't know how blunt to be about this, you know? Because like, like my honest opinion, what I do think these days, mm-hmm. if I'm just being honest and open to truth. Yeah. I do think that. I do think that everybody is considered in, everybody is is part of the family, and we estrange ourselves. So the only thing that separates you from God's uh, relationship with God, I should say, is your own turning of the cold shoulder towards him. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's a. I don't think it's like there's a minority that are in, most people are out, and you can go from being out to being in if you pray the right prayer. I think, all are in but not everybody realizes
0: that. Okay. Just, and to respond to that, let me just throw in lie number 11. We'll skip a sin separates us from God. Yeah. So what you were just saying there, that's the lie.
1: Sin separates us from
0: God. So you're saying nothing separates us from God and his affection, his loving and liking of us. Yeah. Uh, so not even sin can do that, right? Is that what you're saying? That is what I'm saying. Okay. But there, but you are saying, or wouldn't you say that in a sense, you're we're not. Uh, I don't think so. Saying like universalism, universalism is true that everyone will automatically eventually end up in a loving relationship with God because it's a two-way street. Right. I'm not saying. At that. least I'm not there. Yeah. I'm not saying
1: everybody's hand will be forced. Yeah. Because I think that just defies what it means. To be involved in a love relationship. There needs to be two uncoerced partners for love to occur. Um, so when I say, like I, I don't think sin separates us from God, but I do think that we can give God the cold shoulder mm-hmm. and create a relational rift that way in terms of us trying to keep Him at arm's length. But I don't think His posture towards us ever changes.
0: I think it is arms open all the time. What if I changed So instead of sin separates us from God, like that would be the lie. Yeah. What if it read, we separate ourselves from God by our sin? I still don't think that's true. Oh. Just
1: because of what we mean by separation. Separation implies like, I don't know, distance as though there's somewhere you could run from him or something. I think it's more like we have the ability to ignore God. Hmm. If we want to, to pay him, no mind, no consideration. We could do that. Or, okay. So, but it doesn't mean he's not present and not here and that he doesn't love you. It's just, I am choosing to not think about him at all. want nothing to do with him. I've been through phases like that. I don't want to talk to you right now.
0: No, wait, but hold on. Hold on. Wait a minute. Yeah. So my example is, let's say like I mouth off to my wife. I'm, I'm snippy. Yeah. And I think we've all been in this situation where you do that to somebody, and you can. There's a palpable tension in the air. Yeah, the atmosphere has shifted. You can feel like uh, we're not. There is we're a we're not good right now. Yeah, there's a relational gulf yeah. that needs to be bridged eventually by some forgiveness. Um, uh, so, and that can, either party could do that. Right, Sarah could do that to me. I could do that to my. You both need to. Do sorry, it. I doxed you. Oh, Wait. you
1: said the name. Yeah,
0: <laughs> you would both need to reconcile,
1: right? If you mm. you you've mouthed off, you've mouthed off to her. Yeah, you've hurt her. Yes, in some way. I need to
0: apologize, and she needs to forgive. Yeah, I guess. Right? So, yeah. So
1: I'm saying with God.
0: So his side's always good. That's right. cool. I'm fine with that. But what if I'm not good? There's still a gulf then, right?
1: Yeah, but. At, Okay, I guess so. I guess I don't think about that as separation, though. Okay. I would. That's. I'm putting that in the same category as like.
0: But aren't I separated from my wife or friend when I do when I when that happens? The the tension in the air. Um.
1: I th- yeah, I don't know if separation is the right. You don't like that word. I'd, yeah, it just implies <laughs> like a distance that I don't think is there. Like. Uh, okay. I think it's the moment you. The moment you decide, you know what, I, I don't want this tension anymore. I don't mm-hmm. want to feel animosity towards you, God. He is with open arms. And okay. There's nothing that needs to be done other than, okay, well then stop stop
0: ignoring him or trying to and run so away. And so we can all be children of God, but not want to be a part of that. Yeah. Right? Willfully rebel. Well, there's children so, who so, flip the birds to their fathers all yeah. the time. Okay, so yeah. anyone that was con- concerned about that my heretic, the dreaded universalism, I, that's not the claim. By saying that everyone is a child of God, you're not saying that everyone is saved. You're not using importing that language. All it is is it's a posture of God toward humanity. Right. I'm saying, yeah, I'm not saying everybody is living in flourishing relationship with God. The Father has not turned his face away and never will. Right. That is that is the claim. All right. That's yep. dope. We, so we already did lie 11. Yeah, so we skipped. last one will so, be uh, lie number 10. God is disappointed in me. Wow. So it's a little pretty similar to God what we've been talking about. God is disappointed in me. Yeah, um,
1: actually, this all kind of plays into what what are the dynamics of relationship with God? Hmm. What's his disposition towards humanity?
0: Now, this one I... We talked about this the other
1: day over I, breakfast. Yeah. I... Wow. What do you think? does god experience disappointment in humanity in you is god disappointed in you clinton
0: i i have i think so Man, really i don't okay. know <laughs> so again i'm going to use my own earthly examples yeah when <clears throat> i'm a fairly like level-headed guy and calm for the most part i have a high stress threshold when yeah. i reach that you snap. I snap and yeah. get really dominating. But um, <laughs> so, yeah. like, let's say one of my children, uh, who I who I know knows better than the action that they're doing, does something wrong. Let's say lies about whether they just something stupid, like they had a cookie or something. They lied to me about it. Yeah. Um, or like my son just did this the other day. We're trying to potty train him. Uh, he peed on the floor in his room. And he, oh, sorry, that's yeah, it's a bit funny to me. As someone who doesn't have kids yet, that's a little yeah. bit funny. Uh, and he walked in, saying, oh, "Mom, I peed on the potty, and his pants were wet, and the leg was." It's a lie. So he he's lying. Yeah. Now that one, I don't think he knows better. But let's say he did. Let's say he was a teenager. Yeah. And oh, he knew better. Man, yeah. that's a problem at that point. <laughs> it's the same issue. Uh, so. I'm I'm disappointed in him. At that mo- moment. What do you mean? I by don't disappointed? fall out of. I don't. My love for him doesn't change. I'm like, oh man, you you you're, really should know better.
1: You're but- sad about the decision he made. Yes. Is that a good way to say what disappointment is? Um. You're disappointed in him. Yeah. What do you mean?
0: <laughs> is that wrong? Is that horrible? No, I just want to
1: know what you mean. I just want some um, clarity. Are you just sad about a? A thing that's happened. sometimes
0: I, I feel like we, yeah, this is good because I use this as like a a, a word to help explain Not right. that needs explaining. Right, disappoint, uh, or is it that
1: is it the uh, shock of not being what you expected? Sometimes I think about disappointed as being let down. I expected one thing and I was yeah. met with another. Yes, and so because my expectations were dashed, I, mm-hmm. I feel sadness, disappointment.
0: Yeah, do you think it's harsh to say that, that in you or in him disappointed? Part? In in a person, <laughs> I expected better of you. You've disappointed me. Yeah. Uh, so
1: okay, well, we're getting somewhere here. It has to do with expectations. So when it comes to God being disappointed in you, what does God expect of you? Well, is He ever
0: surprised by your actions? Well, let's see. Is He ever I don't like, know. oh, I expected, so-, and that's, He went. You're and getting did into this- some omniscient Shoot. stuff that I don't. That's a whole thicket. I don't want to. breach right now but I've been breaching my thickets today mate (laughs) so yeah I think I'm of the opinion that God can be surprised he can be shocked and disappointed shocked shocking
1: did not see that coming what a bummer
0: because you can exhibit certain habits and spiritual maturity let's say to not uh, fall back into some kind of rut from previous days. Yeah. And when you do slip up, it can be disappointing. Like, Oh man, we were doing so well here. You're really starting to get the hang of this, whatever it is, some moral behavior, but you've fallen short of what, what I want for you. I'm I'm a little bit disappointed or am I getting, is that I don't (laughs) have a little
1: bit disappointed.
0: I'm Um, I'm aligning the character of God. You think?
1: I don't know. I'm just trying to think about what a good, what would a, what does a good father do? Does mm. a good father experience disappointment, or is it a human, is it a human? Is condition? disappointment a purely human? Is it to do with just lack of full knowledge? Is that why we experience disappointment?
0: I don't know on this one. Okay, I'm sorry. And uh, but and to be clear, like whatever the answer is, there, I don't think it. I don't think it has anything to do with God's loving or liking of us as people in general. Right. You don't think
1: it create disappointment creates that gulf you were talking about, that rift, like I think about times when well, authority figures or whatever in my life have been I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed oh, like, I hate that, oh man, yeah, it's almost worse if yeah. God's like, no, I'm not angry, I'm just I'm just disappointed in you Clinton mm. Ah, uh, it's like a dagger through the heart.
0: Yeah, maybe you're right. Because I don't... The implication of having to, like, make it up to them or right. strive harder is something... Now I need
1: to do better to make sure I don't disappoint him. I just don't know if performance is... No, you're right. ...in the economy. Okay, fine. <laughs>
0: you got me. Okay. You've changed I'm just, me. I'm
1: just thinking out loud.
0: Well. Yeah. Wow. 11. Those were the 11. The 11 lies. 11 lies. There's more in the book. Yeah.
1: Uh, we tried to pick some that we thought would be most relevant to you guys, but... Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if we've gotten to the bottom of all of these and there's a lot more that could be said probably on each of these.
0: Please, uh, yeah. <laughs> if if you if you feel like we've left out a really crucial detail right into the show. Yeah. At open to truthpodcast at gmail.com. And hey, we redid our website. That's true. So if you are purely a podcast listener, make sure you visit the site, open to Yeah. Sadly, open to truth.com. Has been taken by some kingpin of URLs, that really is charging three hundred dollars plus eighteen dollars a year interest, yeah, as a finder's fee. Well done, mate. So we're trying to figure out what to do about that. But in yeah. any case, visit that website. There's we, blog posts now. We started a blog. Yeah, uh, that'll come out every Wednesday. Yeah, and Tony and I will switch off uh, doing that. Mm-hmm. So every other week, you'll get our our take
1: so on podcasts on Fridays, blog posts on Wednesdays if we have like really upset you and triggered you in this episode <laughs> just deepest apologies it's not the goal to trigger folks here in case you're new to it's the just podcast just a casual book review yeah just trying to make sense of big ideas and this is supposed to be an honest sort of candid snapshot of the way we think about things and the kinds of conversations that you and I have yeah. on
0: a regular basis so if you have something to add i genuinely feel like i changed my mind during this episode well great i nice. was open right i don't good. know if i was open to the truth but you i just was open, open to a new perspective and i changed okay yeah.
1: <laughs> so if you have a different perspective and if we offended you i'm sorry but feel free to send in your perspective and hopefully we'll remain open to truth yep all right all right we'll see, see you yeah. next time bye